0: Hi, it's Emery from Scrubs Unzipped. Today, we're addressing a critical topic, suicide. If you're experiencing suicidal thoughts, this episode is especially for you. We're here to explore, understand, and find hope together. You're not alone. And there's help out there. Check the episode description for resources. Your life matters, and I'm glad you're here with us. Hello, welcome back to Scrubs Unzipped, where we unveil the hidden passions behind healthcare Scrubs. So today I have a very special guest with me. I want you to introduce yourself, please.
1: Hello, Anne-Marie. So good to be here. I'm Dr. Clifton Brady from Hiram, Utah. And, uh, it's just a pleasure to be here today with you.
0: Thank you for joining us. So I want, um, our listeners to get a little bit of background about you. I know you're a a doctor and a chiropractor, so I want them to know that you have skin in the game, like you've been through it.
1: (laughs) Yep. So yeah, a little bit about myself. I, I grew up in Arizona, um, and i won't get into all the details because maybe we'll talk more about what happened there but i i had some um family members that really struggled and that kind of led me to wanting to be in the healthcare industry and um my whole life i've actually been um uh, really healthy thankfully i've uh you know just i i didn't know i was going to be a doctor i just i just uh, was interested in those kind of things and so when I moved uh, to Utah, the, the uh, economic crash was only three years away, but I didn't know it, and I just had this feeling, get out now. So instead of being a home builder, um, I trans- transferred everything into becoming a doctor, which is kind of funny because no one really, really goes from construction to being a doctor, but that's what happened to me. And uh, while I was uh, going to school, um, I, I started learning about all the healing different healing modalities and and uh realizing that i'm really enjoying this but um when it came time to to uh you know move from school and start practicing i was going to move from missouri to tennessee and start practice i had two cars and and uh a moving van and i only had two drivers so i called up my brother in utah said hey I need some help. He goes, great, I'll be there. And he, that was the kind of guy he was. He would just drop everything. I think he even lost his job, Anne-Marie, to come and help me move from Missouri to Tennessee. And nine months after we moved, he was gone. He took his life. And so I have my brother gone. I'm starting practice. My dad ends up dying later from stress that ended up killing him. And um, And so Things are not looking very good, you know, because when you're brand new practice, you got all this debt and no, no patience. Um, and so I started uh, working as hard as I could. And one day I showed up to my practice and there was a fire. And from that, that fire, I realized I didn't, it was interesting. I was kicked out of, you know, I couldn't practice for a couple of months which is weird when it was such a small little problem. But thankfully, the insurance took forever to figure out everything. And I, in those two months, realized I don't want to be in an office anymore. So back in 2010, I started doing COVID types. Like I was I was doing COVID early. So I started helping people over the phone and coaching. And, and um, so that's where it's led me to today, to help people over the phone. And I've helped thousands of people in multiple different states.
0: That is an amazing story, and I just want to take a breath because you just revealed a lot, and thank you so much.
1: Sorry, probably too much, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I just want to take a deep breath and say I see you, I hear you, and I, um, I want to know how did your brother's death by suicide impact your life now?
1: Well, so at first it, it impacted it only in terms of just questioning, okay, am I doing the right things in my own life? Am I treating my, my wife the right way, my kids? um, Am I solid? Because 60%, there's a 60% higher uh, rate of suicide with family members when your other family members did. So like, am I am, am I on suicide watch Um, And thankfully, I've never been um, at the depths that he felt. So that was number one. Number two, it took about six years, even though I wanted to help people in that area of health. I didn't know how to do it. I don't go to school as a chiropractor to learn how to deal with mental health issues. But I thought there's got to be a way. And so I think that was the next key for me is just planting that seed in my heart and going, okay, I don't know how to do it. I just know that I do want to help people in that area. And I just uh, let go and let God is, you know, a very popular saying, at least the one, that, you know, people I hang out with. And thankfully, six years later, I found a solution to help people in real meaningful ways. And so it's from, from that day on, nine years ago, when I found the solution and found an answer, uh, I haven't looked back. And that's pretty much all I deal with on a daily basis is helping people that are just not feeling good and want to feel better emotionally.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of tools, and um, I wanted to ask you since uh, you revealed that your uh, your brother passed away and the fire, and there's like the pandemic, and then there is like wars and all these things happening in the world. So, when you look ahead, what developments or changes give you a sense of optimism about the future?
1: Okay. Well, I apologize. I have a oh, Did you hear me? A, yes, I did, but I have a uh. a garbage truck driving by. So, I'm outside probably for the last time this year, and I like well, there's no garbage truck that comes by like here. And so
0: there's
1: (laughs) going to go around the block and come this way. So I'll just mute myself. But yeah, there is a lot of, boy, I feel like we could have a totally different conversation about that, Anne-Marie. Because when I think about it spiritually, I think about it physically, I think about it economically, I think about it uh, through um, just the world world and how they're responding to each other and governments and, and the social upheavals that have happened over the last several years. Um I'm a very optimistic person, but it's not looking good. Uh there's Mm -hmm. a lot of trials ahead. It's gonna be great and it's gonna be horrible all at the same time. Not everybody's gonna be, you know, um uh in war, but there's gonna be several. And so um yeah, I don't know what to say other than that I'm very my eyes are wide open. And I there's a uh, scripture, at least in in my world, that says, if you're prepared, you shall not fear. And so I feel like if, if the Spirit is telling me to be prepared in a certain part of my life, then I better listen to that and get prepared so that I don't have any fear as uh, things continue to change. And um, yeah, I, I hope things don't go really bad, but there's there's, there's some books that I've read, like The Fourth Turning, has nothing to do... It's just all economic talk, and that book talks a lot about what's what was going to happen over the last 25 years, and all of it happened. And there's still many more things that need to happen for our for bigger and better healing long-term. So I know I, I talked a, very general there, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh this is if there was ever a time to get our bodies and our minds and our hearts right, it's right now.
0: And, I, and I'm seeing the,
1: the devastation of the last three years in people's mental health. If we don't fit if we don't correct that quickly, uh it's not gonna get better. It's gonna get worse before it gets better. Okay. So and that's like everything in life. Things do get worse before it gets better, but it's gonna be amazing in the long term. And I believe that.
0: Yeah. And I believe that the most important thing is to locate where you are, because if you want to go somewhere, you have to know where you are and you have to have the address of where you're going. But if you don't know where you are, you don't know how to get to where you're going. So I think realizing that you when you see everything that's happening, you take inventory of what's happening and you say, this is happening. What can I do in my life to make a difference? Like, because so, there's a quote that says even an acorn can make a forest. So yes. that when a small acorn, like acorns are really, really small, but you think of how an acorn is a seed to a forest, how much change we could bring just by being ourselves and being authentic.
1: Absolutely. The world needs us to do big things. Great things the world's waiting for us to do big great things, and that doesn't serve the world to play small exactly. it's very selfish actually and that's that's why I do the work that i do i i could I could go off and no one would know me and I don't need to talk to anybody or have a conversation and and I'd be just fine financially and everything else but uh, i don't that's that doesn't serve the world to mm-hmm. sit here and and just enjoy my own riches of life, um, but to help others do the same thing. That's that's my way of giving back.
0: Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that because I want to transition into authenticity. So it's been a term that's been used often and discussed. In your view, how does being authentic affect not just us, but those around us?
1: Yeah, it's very confusing when you meet someone that's not being authentically them. If they're, being, if they're lying or they're, they're cheating in life, they're, uh, they're playing out a different uh, record or what they think they should be, maybe what their parents told them they should be or whatever the scenario. If, they are, if they're not being truly them, then like you say, you don't know where you are and you don't know where you're going. So if someone has a challenge or a problem that they're not addressing, then I don't know how to help you. I don't know how to be your friend. I don't know how to develop a relationship, you know, and, um, and I, I, I don't want to pass judgment on all people, but there's some people that are on, um, depression and anxiety medications where they don't feel good. They don't feel bad. They just feel blah. I don't know how to help. I don't know how to talk to people that are feeling numb in life. Like I, there's a mask that's automatically on their face and on their whole, whole person that it's really hard to get to know people that can't cry and can't, can't laugh because they're numbed out. So, um, anyways, there's a, a whole spectrum of that. Like people want to be themselves, but they can't because of medication or they can't because of, I shouldn't say can't, it's harder. Um, and then it's also harder because of, you know, PTSD, you know, personal challenges i understand that it's not like oh just flip a switch and i can be myself it will take time but frankly when people are vulnerable and they they say hey i'm i'm having a struggle with this and this is a problem it's a lot easier for people to rally around that person than when they're just trying to hold it in and um and basically be someone that they're not and uh it doesn't last long. It's not a foundation that we can build anything on. Yeah, I don't know if that if that's what you were asking, but I I yeah. feel pretty strongly about being who we really are. That that's my tagline: helping people become who they really are, mm-hmm. and not this fake self.
0: Yeah, because when you were talking about that, I remember there's my therapist. Uh, she told me about this Japanese. Um, idea that everyone has three three faces. So the first face that we see, that other people see of us, is what we show other people. And then the second face is what we show to our family and friends. And then the third face is the face we don't show anyone. We don't show anyone. So um, when I hear you say that, when people are being authentic sometimes they don't know how because they were never given safety enough to be authentic and some some people who are numb they weren't numb before like because when you're in a pool and you're just like when you're when your fingers get webby like that's a little bit numb but you've been in that pool for hours and hours like you've been in that position before and sometimes it can be self-sabotage it could be limiting beliefs that can repeat the cycle of saying like this pattern of when I'm authentic people hurt me so mm. I'm not going to be authentic anymore and that ah. just that just like as something that I'm aware of personally because um, even my platform my I help uh healthcare workers navigate through burnout, compassion, fatigue, and moral injury because of my story that I've been institutionalized four times and mm-hmm. I've been close to um losing my life to suicide. And I just feel that what has helped me is that I learned how to communicate what I needed. Some people don't know how to communicate what they need and it's yeah. just through like Um, testing and trial and just being able to let yourself see your face like in the three phases three faces let yourself see your face and be vulnerable with yourself first and then once you be vulnerable with yourself be vulnerable with your friends and then you can be vulnerable with the world so because we are sometimes our worst enemy and if you self-inflict pain on yourself you're not gonna love yourself like you should like you need to, and you're not going to be able to love others. So I think that's very important in being authentic. What do you think?
1: Absolutely. I love that. I was thinking about an Emerson quote. Ralph Waldo Emerson said that, what if I go upright and vital and speak the rude, harsh truth with rough electrical shocks, and yet tomorrow I speak tomorrow's truth, even if it totally contradicts what I said the day before? And it's an interesting thought because I'm not the same person today I was yesterday or the day before or especially 10, 20, 15, 30 years ago. I'm not the same person. What I thought was true then, some of it was false. And so it is difficult because you're a hypocrite if you say Mm -hmm. something yesterday and now you're totally contradicting yourself today. But if you live by what you know to be true. And not just made up truth. Like there is truth, and there, like right now, it's sunny. If someone says I'm in the dark, that's not true. No matter mm-hmm. how much they must might think it's dark, it's not dark. The sun is up, and so there are truths and there are non-truths. And so people get get um, get in the weeds when it comes. To like I'm speaking my truth. Well, are you? Or are you just? Are Are you being deceived? You know. But so mm-hmm. that's that that's that's not what I'm talking about here. But I'm talking about. When you know what's true and you speak it, I think the only way we can really understand if it is true is to live what we think is right until it's not. Mm-hmm. And if someone does that long enough and it's wrong, it, it, we'll know. We'll know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And then we can make corrections. So it's it's really a ready, fire, aim and not ready, aim, fire kind of life. Because if you ready, fire mm-hmm. and then aim, you're going to miss. The too late. <laughs> Yeah, you'll miss the shots. It's messy, but you're gonna grow. But if you're constantly getting ready, getting ready, getting ready, and then aiming and aiming and aiming, by the time you're ready to fire, what you were shooting at the targets uh, is gone. If you're like hunting or something like that, so you can't you can't be constantly getting ready. You've got to fire. And, and if it's, I mean, when you started this podcast, you probably got ready, and then at some point you just have to go. Yeah and it was it was probably messy at first and maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't the way you liked it and it's going to be better 10 years from now than it is today. Well that's better than than not going forward at all. So I anyway so that's that's a long answer but that's how I feel about being speaking what is true today as we know it live it according to what we feel is right and then not be afraid to speak truth as we know it better tomorrow. And and I think we'll grow that way.
0: Yeah, because Maya Angelou, she said, when you know better, you do better. And I just really hold truth to that because some things that I did 10 years ago, I didn't know. But now I know. And it's up to me to actually implement. And even from the mistakes that other people make. Like they've done it, so I've seen the consequences that that happened to them. So that means I don't need to do it, right? If I've seen the consequences that they did, so that really helps um, about making mistakes. And I just like I don't know how I came to the mistake part, but some people like even in healthcare they say like if you make a mistake, people die. And I just want to ask you. What mistake have you made and what have you learned from it during your practice in
1: healthcare? Oh, during practice, mistakes. Um, well, it was really a lack of knowledge at first, uh, so I guess I can call it a mistake. I didn't understand fully how important it was to help people with their inflammatory problems. Um, I had read a study later on that told me that they were starting to use anti-inflammatories for depression and anxiety. I'm like, oh, isn't that interesting? And so early on, as I was helping them, you know, drive drive the micronutrients into the brain and helping them with anxiety and depression. Um, again, I don't treat anxiety and depression. They told me they had it, and I just give them micronutrients and they feel better. But um, yeah. um, I, I let them and their doctor work work on their medication stuff. I just don't touch that. But I didn't realize at first how critical it was to help them with infl- inflammation. Whatever, however, it came to them, whether it was candida or it was, um, uh, you know, a bug bite, like even a mosquito bite. It's funny. I would, I don't have time to tell that whole story, but a mosquito <laughs> bite can throw you off. So the anaphylactic, yeah. even a small anaphylactic experience, can throw people off emotionally. Or, of course, I call the three white devils. I call white flour, white sugar, and and dairy. Um, those three can really throw people off big time, and, and it keeps them in this dark hole. So. I I I know I'm not really answering the question because it's not really a mistake as much as a lack of knowledge. But mm-hmm. um, um, I don't know if I've made a mistake because mistakes usually do hurt people, and I don't, I don't, I haven't hurt anybody, which is a great thing to do. And I mean, in my world, I can't hurt people. It's nutrition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have a friend that calls the CDC every year and goes, "How many people died from vitamin D overdose?" And I'm like, "Sir." no one died from vitamin D overdose. Okay. Well, how about vitamin C? And he's just kind of annoying, <laughs> but nobody dies from what we do. Um, Perfect. it's, it's awesome. So yeah, I, maybe that, that that's probably not a question I can really answer because okay. people don't get hurt from, from the things that that's I easy. do. And if they did, then I would need, I would need a lot of insurance. So.
0: <laughs> okay. So I want to change gears. And since you were in the you were uh, practicing in the healthcare field i want to talk about um uh, the topic of burnout and okay. there's been a, a lot of discussion about burnout in various professions but especially in healthcare how do you see this especially in the light of recent global events
1: well first yeah with just burnout in general um <sighs> It's not health and it's not care. I'm sorry to say. I mean, there it's not about health or care. We don't have time to have to help people with their health truly. Uh, you know, it's five minute conversations. It's not a ninety minute full on deep, you know, deep uh inquiry into people's health, unfortunately. So it's a quick in, quick out, give me a quick fix. And quite frankly, society's asking for quick fix fixes. So it's not all um healthcare's problem it it's society wanting it now and wanting it cheap and wanting it free and and all that kind of stuff so it's not i believe people get into healthcare really truly wanting to help people but when they get there and find out that they're not it's not about that it's about the bottom line it's about how many beds can be filled it's about you know note taking and not getting sued and not getting you know your license removed because of the pro- you know mistakes that people are making it's about insurance telling the doctors, what to do and what they can't do. I mean, how, how do you help people truly when you're, you're like, well, I want to do this over here, but insurance doesn't cover it. So we can't do that. And we can't do this. And so I, it's, uh, no wonder people are burned out because they went into it to help people. And if they're not having a chance to truly make a difference, and I'm, of course, there's a lot of people that get to help people and they love what they do. But there's a lot more. I just read the other day, 80% of nurse practitioners are burned out and 50% of them want out now. They just don't know how to get out. They just, they feel stuck. So it's a big problem. And I'm seeing that over the last three years, a lot of credibility was lost, unfortunately, because the government was saying one thing. uh, Scientists were saying another People that were actually helping people, medical doctors, were saying something totally different. So you had multiple camps totally disagreeing with each other with what was really happening. And there was a lot of agenda. And news channels completely flipped their script over the last three years. They were saying one thing three years ago, and now they're saying something totally different today. Well, that doesn't help us at all. Um, It's too late. The damage is done. There was was more people, Anne-Marie, that died from suicide in Japan than was ever... So, like, in the whole year of 2020, more people died in one month in Japan of suicide than the whole year from COVID. And that was not my study. That was just a documented, you know, observation. So, what do we, you know... So, yeah, we've lost a lot of credibility. You know, even me saying I'm a doctor, even though it's chiropractic, I've lost all credibility in a lot of people's eyes because I'm a doctor and they automatically think medical doctor. And they were, they were, they were telling everybody what they were told to say. And um, unfortunately a lot of it wasn't true and it's not their fault. So yeah, no wonder we're burned out.
0: Hmm.
1: If you're not happy, how, how do you do what you do? I don't, I don't know. Yeah.
0: So I wanted to ask you a follow-up question uh, what do you believe is the difference between personal burnout and professional health care
1: burnout? Ooh, well, if you're doing what you love, then you're not going to be burned out professionally, but you could personally have challenges at home. So I, I really, I feel like a personal burnout is we're not living according to our truth as far as our relationship with God our relationship with our family and, and things like that, or maybe we're not doing things that make it bring us joy. Um, and then in professionally, I think it's kind of a different life. Like you were saying, like we have a different life at home as we have at work. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that truck isn't too loud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It was it's just,
1: for good now. I hope. But, just... um, yeah, I, I, the difference for me is, is, uh, so for me it's the same thing like i'm working from my home so i don't i if i have if i'm personally upset i'm probably professionally upset it's all mm-hmm. mixed together we home educate so i have my kids at home and so everything is all one thing so i i do meet people all the time that are really happy in their personal life they have a great weekend they enjoy their family but they hate their job so mm-hmm. yeah i i think people can be happy in one and not happy in the other but eventually one is gonna affect the other.
0: Yeah, because like I am very hard at compartmentalizing because I feel like I can do it. Like, oh yeah, I can put this in this box, I can put this in this box, and then they don't mix. It's like what people don't like when their food touch. But I just realized that it's difficult to take to from a healthcare point of view, like take the things that happen at work oh, oh, and yeah. not bring it okay. home
1: yeah and you and you have a totally different life than i do like you mm-hmm. you see some serious stuff you yeah. you've seen pain and trauma and 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 i'm guessing death mm-hmm. and it, yeah i i can imagine how that would be hard to separate them there there's a funny i wish i could remember the guy's name but it's uh laugh your way to a happy marriage it's the funniest best thing that ha- one of the best things that happened in our marriage was to watch his whole program and he's a he's a faith-based guy and okay. he talks about men having boxes and women having wires and so not every man has boxes and not every woman has wires but he was saying that you know when a guy talks about a topic he pulls out that box from his brain opens it up and talks about what's <laughs> only in that box and then when we're done we close, close it them. and carefully put it back in <laughs> And then he walks over to the lady brain because he has a guy brain and lady brain on stage. He walks over to the lady brain and he crosses himself. He's like, Oh no, here we go. <laughs> he starts talking about how, you know, the kids are, t- t- it touches the, the soccer practice and it touches church and it touches mm-hmm. the family, it touches the husband, touches you know, family, work, pot, and everything is b- 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 touching. And it's mostly true. That uh women are so good at making sure everybody's taken care of and nurturing in general. Again, this is a generalization. And and unfortunately, that becomes a hard thing when it comes to, you know, in your case, healthcare. Because yeah, how do you how do you have a traumatic experience at work and not bring it home? But then on the on the good side, you have a great day, Will you bring that home too. So um I I don't know how to answer that for for those who are in healthcare but it is a problem and I think that's why a lot of the, and oh the nurse practitioner study it was all women okay. that were studied. And so yeah there's a lot of burnout and when they're when they're at work they're not with their kids and they want to be with their kids and so yeah it's it's a tough thing and my heart goes out to those who are are in that situation because they want to be professional they want to help people and make a difference in this world and they also want to be with their family, and it's hard to do both at the same time.
0: It is, definitely, and that's the reason why I started this podcast, because I was always listening to these wonderful stories by my co-workers, because I spend, like, 12 hours with them, and when we have downtime, I just get to know them. I was like, this would be so cool if, like, you could share your story, like, how much impact you would have if you shared People that I came in contact with share their story, so I'm glad that um, you. I like you. I like how you answer questions because most people who answer questions will just like take it out of their behind <laughs> and just <laughs> think of think of a question, think of an answer. <laughs> but you're like, uh, I don't know, and that's okay to say I don't know because there, like, it's there is infinite number of information like we live in the internet age there's an infinite infinite amount information and it's impossible to learn every single thing and know every single thing and I'm so glad that you agreed to come on this podcast because um you don't know me and I don't I just met you yesterday so I am so grateful that you took the time out to speak on my podcast Scrubs Unzipped. And so I wanted to ask you um a slightly personal question because you talked about the three devils, sugar, flour, white sugar, white flour, and what was the other one?
1: So the the three white devils are white sugar, white flour and milk.
0: Milk. Okay.
1: Dairy. Not for everybody, but okay. Lots of people. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then, um, so, uh, we live in a very fast paced life. So, um uh, we have advertisements with sugar, dairy, all the, all the things. Oh yeah. So how do you stay accountable? Like, do you stay accountable to yourself or do you have someone who makes you accountable so that you don't go down the road and like, like be enticed by the great marketing tactics like uh, how do you keep going so, and being
1: <laughs> right to, to be in uh to be able to resist mm-hmm. those those tactics and things like that you have to be solid mm-hmm. so I grew up in a home where we didn't drink or smoke mm-hmm. it would be nearly impossible for someone to come up to me and say hey have a smoke or have a drink I'm like I'm not tempted at all not even a little bit to be to drink or smoke And it's because my foundation is strong and the principles of a a good, healthy lifestyle doesn't include those two things. Um, So it's really partly it's education, knowing what's right and wrong and, and making a decision. I love that word. Decide. Pesticide, herbicide, suicide. It's death. When you decide, you are killing off all other options. So knowing what you want to do, number one, deciding to do it and, and burning all the boats, all the bridges. There's no other option but that. And then making a daily habit, like a daily chain where you just never break the chain. You're like, okay, I'm not going to eat uh, ice cream or I'm not going to have this specific fast food because it's my number one worst fast food that I like. If I decide not to have it, I'm just deciding today. I'm not deciding for the rest of my life. I'm just deciding today I'm not gonna have it. And then tomorrow I I don't break the chain. Okay, today I'm also not gonna have it. And then the next day, I'm also not gonna have it. Now for me, um, it wasn't I, I actually did this. It wasn't a food thing it was a exercise thing my blood pressure was not high but it was getting up there i thought no i'm not i'm not going down that road i don't want to take medication i've never had medication so i i continually don't want to have medication and so i decided i'm going to sweat every day period no question no matter what happens i'm going to sweat today which meant 15 minutes of walking that's all i did got on a, a favorite podcast or I was watching something from YouTube or just, you know, entertainment or music and just visualizing, dreaming about my, my, my life now, grateful for my life now and my future life. So I just made it just a thing every day. I just sweat every single day and I just don't break that habit. Well, once you do that long enough, how tempting is uh, fast food for me? Mm-hmm. Not really going back to that smoking and drinking. I'm not tempted to eat it on a daily basis. I don't, I don't never have it, but it's not a, a daily struggle uh, anymore. So finding something that I could decide on and do and never break the chain is really important. Another one for me is God. If I'm reading my scriptures every day, I'm studying and learning and praying, that that keep, keeps my, my foundation really strong. And so again, I'm not tempted to hurt my temple with things that are going to hurt my body uh, because I I'm reminded more often on a daily basis how important my body is. So, so knowing what I want to do, deciding to do it and killing off all other options, having a daily routine of consistency and and never breaking that chain. That chain is a daily chain. And then um, making sure I'm close to God. And um, yeah, those things are really important. Now I I kinda of cheat because of the work I do. I take I take supplements that help balance my brain and help me feel optimistic and happy and less edgy and and so I, I'm kinda of cheating with that. But uh other than that I'm not cheating. Um I, I I feel solid. I feel strong and I and uh I make mistakes, um, but I haven't broken that chain. And you know what's fun, Anne Marie is it's turned into more. Like now I I go way more than 15 minutes. I'll go mountain biking with my son for an hour and a half. I'll, I'm building muscle now really for the first time in my life with working out. So it's, it's become this momentum building thing where I wasn't – when I started, I wasn't going, I'm going to do hour and a half bike rides with my son and I'm going to never eat fast food and I'm never you know, – I'm going to work out really hard and build a lot of muscle. I, I wasn't doing that. I just decided I'm going to do one simple, easy thing. And that was to walk every day. And that just eventually built because a lot of the YouTubes, guess what I'm watching? How to build muscle, how to eat. Do I do I intermittent fast? Who you know, if I'm gonna intermittent fast, how do I do it? So it's turned into a, a really nice education system for me. So um anyway, I don't know if you wanted that long of an answer, but that's, oh, yeah, how that's... personally changed how I how I look at health.
0: That is a great um, answer and I was just thinking how you are very like this 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 <laughs> I wish I, I wanna be like you when I grow up. <laughs> well,
1: um, you wanna be the best version of you and then I'll be you
0: <laughs> because I have realized that so when I was growing up, sugar bread was milk was in the house. We used it. it for a reward. Yep. We used it uh, when things were good. We used it when things were bad. So yep. it was like a comfort. And then oh, yeah. um, they were—they did try to uh, regulate, make sure I wasn't eating too much. But then once I became an adult, and I said, uh, "I'm an adult now. I do so what I want. I can do what I want. I can eat what I want." And mm-hmm. then it's just like it—it it was a—it's like a slippery slope. So, yeah. um. I realized that I need to parent myself. Even though I am in my 30s, I still need to tell myself, no, you can't have that, cake, No, yeah. you can't have that. And it's just like really hard because when you were a kid, you're like, when you get 18, you, live, you leave the house. You can do whatever you want. But you really can't. Like when you're an adult, like things get complicated.
1: It does. Yeah. And 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 that's why I do it the way I do it because I don't want to tell myself no. I just mm-hmm. want to tell myself yes. So I'm trying to think of yes things. Yes, I'm going to work out today. Yes, I'm going to eat well. Yes, I'm going to feed my, my body. I'm going to I'm gonna find food that I'm really excited about. So while I'm driving home, instead of looking at that restaurant that tempts me, I'm going, oh, yeah, I've got this really cool thing at home that I can eat. And then it breaks that cycle. Again, the micronutrients, i I got to – I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just trying to share. It, it makes <laughs> yeah. it, it it gives me that stimulus and response. Instead of being stimulus boom response, mm-hmm. it's stimulus stress, stimulus sadness, stimulus whatever and the response isn't go eat food mm-hmm. or go cry, you know, to everybody and tell everybody my problems. Uh, that's not what I do, but I've heard people do that. But it, I have my own problems. I'm not sharing with you, but yeah. it's uh it it's not it's it's a buffer and so you can have problems but not destroy your day or destroy your life. And like you were saying, how do you go home and not worry about it? Well, when your brain is balanced and your body is healthy, then it does it does break that a little bit because you're like, okay, I just saw something bad. But you know what? God has them in their hands, and it's going to be okay. I trust in him, and I, I just need to let go. I mean – I mean, I I believe in Christ. I believe that he took all of my sins. Well, why am I trying to take on people's problems? He took on their problems too. It's not my problem. It's his problem. And so I need to let go of those problems and let him take them instead of me trying to take them on myself. I'm not built for that. I'm built to support and love and, and show compassion where I can, but I'm not here to fix all things. And um, some people are so compassionate. I have a daughter that's very em- empathetic, mm. empathic, and she takes on everybody's problems. And mm. so she, that's one of her challenges is to not do that. Mm. But anyways, that got a l- uh. little deep quick. Sorry.
0: Oh, that was um <laughs> Bring good. it out of me. Anne.
1: I feel like I'm having a counseling session. I oh, my
0: gosh.
1: <laughs> i sorry. <try it. laughs>
0: that's, definitely not. But you were talking about your children, and I don't have children yet. So I wanted to know, who were your guiding influences when raising your children? I know you have four kids.
1: Oh, yeah. So, number one, I married the best person ever. I got really lucky in who I married. And, And she and I together... Have created something that we didn't see in either one of our homes, although we have wonderful parents, uh, definitely problems. And and if I told you the problems, you'd be like, well, yeah, wh- what about my problem? You know, like everybody has mm-hmm. their stuff, but yeah. um, like my parents got divorced. I wasn't expecting that. Um, I have great grant. I have wonderful grandparents that were good examples Um, But we kind of had to create it on our own, frankly, Um, just look to God and spend a lot of time on our knees and decide how we wanted our family to look. So picking out other examples, you know, what we saw in our family for sure, but also what we saw in other people's families. And, And actually, that's how I became a chiropractor. I took a few guys to lunch that I really respected them. I respected how they treated their wife. I respected how they acted with their family. I liked I liked their lifestyle. And one of them happened to be a chiropractor. I'm like, oh, I'd never thought of that before. I knew I was supposed to get out of home building, but I didn't know I was supposed to be a doctor. And so, yeah, just looking around and finding good, good mentors. Um, we tell people all the time, if someone's going to do homeschooling, don't just do school at home. That's what people did during the pandemic, and they and they hated it. Well, they hated it because they weren't doing home school; they were doing school at home. And I don't have time to really, you know, you you don't have time for me to tell you all the differences, but it's not yeah. the same thing.
0: Yeah,
1: it's it. You know, when we first started, it was a whole year of just feeling like failures. So we tell people the first year you're going to feel like a failure, but get somebody on your side, like a mentor, a friend that can tell you on a daily basis, you're not ruining your children. I promise you. And so having a mentor and not expecting much for the first year helped us get into that whole world of home education. And um, it changes the way you parent, it changes the way you you work with your wife and your spouse and, and how you treat your children. And um, it becomes one of the most Special. I I don't even have this. It, there's it's something like something you can't even describe how amazing it is because people would think I was I was nuts. It's that good, mm-hmm. and um. So yeah, the influences. There's there's many of them, but mostly it was a lot of time on our knees and asking God what we need to do next, and then He brought us the right relationships and the right mentors as we needed them.
0: Yeah, that is very awesome to hear. And you mentioned God a lot, and I'm also a believer. So I wanted to know, who is God to you?
1: Well, he has a physical body of flesh and bone. This is probably what most people don't believe. I believe that he's my father. Um, I believe that he knows me and loves me, that I am literally his son. And because of that, I have a big job to do, to help and bless and lift and, and love others as as they are also sons and daughters of God. Because I look at everybody, even really bad people, are still sons and daughters of God. And so I treat them as as best as I can because they're all special. I, I like what C.S. Lewis said. He says, you've never met a mere mortal. Everybody you talk with, um, cheat exploit love and, and, and I can't remember the whole quote and, and talk with, uh, if you were to see them after this life, you'd be tempted to worship. That's, that's big words. Like, are you serious? Worship my neighbor? I don't like my neighbor. I'm just kidding. I like my neighbor, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, we are, we are more special than we even have a clue. We have no clue how amazing we are. And, and there was a study done and this kind of answered a question too, is when they when they showed that people that were that didn't have a mentor became drug addicts and all this kind of stuff but those who did have mentors went on to have amazing lives they just needed one person to believe in them just one and i i feel like the closer we get to our heavenly father the more successful we'll be in life because that's the that's the person that believes in us the most and it's our father in heaven so um I am very grateful to know who He is and understand my relationship with Him, and that uh, through the Savior Jesus Christ, I can become be with Him again.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> you are preaching there? <laughs> Not
1: Sunday yet. I, if, if I, I would love to be a preacher someday, but alas, I'm in the, the church that I'm in. You don't get paid to do it, so I can't. It wouldn't work out very well.
0: (laughs) Okay. So um, before we wrap up, uh, if you could prescribe one non-medicinal remedy or practice to enhance global well-being, what would Mm. that be?
1: To get rid of all of inflammation, frankly. Mm. Yeah. So the first thing, because that's what I found is, is, so I... I work with a product called BrainSense. It's a micronutrient. I've used it for nine years. It has been the, the very thing that's helped me with thousands of people to get back to where they want to be. Actually, not back to where they want to be. Better than they ever thought they could be when it comes to their emotional well-being, their focus, their concentration. If my brother was around today, if he would do what I asked him to do, I'd, I have no doubt he'd still be alive because I've helped many other Luke Bradys out there. Um, again, letting the medical doctors do their thing with the medicines. I don't touch that. I just help them not need it if, they are, if their medical doctor says they don't need it. But as I've been doing that, I've realized if, if someone took the free advice and didn't you know didn't even want to talk to me or even use a product like I use, you've got to get rid of your inflammation. Not you. I'm just speaking to the world. Like mm-hmm. they've got to get rid of their inflammation wherever it is. If it if it's coming from a a, a, a you know a root canal, you got to take care of get get it taken care of. If you have back pain that's constantly bothering you, you got to get that taken care of. You if there's an underlying infection of some kind, well, we've got to take the minerals and nutrients and and the vitamins in my world, or in some cases, a medication to kill it off and then reestablish their bowel flora, their gut and just get cuz that inflammation is never it, it it's just going to keep messing up with the mind and and the body. Cuz every so doctors don't agree on much, but if we can get rid of stress, which is what I do full time, and if we can get rid of inflammation, which I do full time, then most diseases don't come and pop up. And if yeah. they have a disease, if we can get rid of the inflammation and and the stress, well then, some of those diseases get better, and some of them go away again i can't i can't uh I can't say that I treat diseases and stuff. The body does it all. Mm. Doctors do surgery and send them home and hope that they heal i mean doctors are doing the same thing I'm doing it's just um they can they can claim to cure stuff, and I can't so it's mm. uh let the body take care of itself yeah so yeah. inflammation that's the free advice and if you combine okay. that with micronutrients. Um, you, it, it, yeah, it's hard to find what I use just out there anywhere. So it'd really be a conversation and I, and I don't charge for my time. So if anybody okay. was interested, I'm not trying to plug myself. Just <laughs> it's, I keep it free. Cause I don't know. I don't know how to charge for, for what I do. It's, uh, when you help someone not die and, and a marriage, get back together again. I don't know. What would you charge Anne-Marie? How much is, how much is, would you charge?
0: I think that's priceless. I think um, a life, like you can't put a cost on a life, even though we do in healthcare. Yeah. um, We do put a number, but uh, whatever solutions you have, um, I definitely um, will plug that in the show notes and get your information and your links so that my listeners can contact you. And I'm, I am open, and I I realize, like, I have this platform, and I want to be very responsible. So I want to make sure that I practice what I preach. I make, I, I make sure that I test out anything that is recommended to me. So I make sure that everything is on the up and up. <laughs> because there's a lot of people selling snake oil. But I know, I know that you're oh. not, but there's well, just a lot of people trying to sell and even in healthcare you said that healthcare isn't really healthcare it's like it's like death care almost <laughs> because it's like they're not really solving the issue the root cause they're just putting this and numbing it but <laughs> the real issue is like do they really want us to be well like i'm going into like conspiracy theories right now <laughs> <laughs> like because the the cost to be sick is more beneficial when you are well the the cost of being sick for the government for the people who are stakeholders in the big pharma like they do have their resources and they do help some people but i think the overall we if we want to have a better future we need to combine the medical with the neuropathic and we need to combine it together if you want yeah. to have a brighter future
1: and if we and want both are important you're right oh sorry finish your thought i apologize <laughs>
0: oh no it's okay um yeah if we both we need to like work together because western medicine and eastern medicine all the different medicines there are people in different countries who live to like a 100 years old but the the life expectancy in the United States is going down every year and we're not living as long as we should because of the sugar and the diets that we have and the stress that we have. There's just so many things that make it uh, complicated. Like how I was talking about when you're an adult, everything gets complicated and I want to like my intention is to make things not complicated. Let's go back to the basic. Let's go it's back to farming cool. yeah. and go back to build, growing our own food and making sure it's not um, no pesticides or no act- extra additives. Because sugar cane is not bad because it has the it has the fiber on the outside. It's the white sugar, the refined sugar, that is not yep. good for you. And it's just like because I used to eat sugar cane. I'd be chewing on that thing all day and it tastes so good. It was like the actual sugar cane is not bad. It's just the refined sugar, the sugar that's processed, and all the yeah. processed foods we eat that is hindering us and not is stopping us from being the best that we can be.
1: Yeah, I I can't prove this, but I thought it was interesting that back in the 1920s, I think it was, when they had those big, massive institutional buildings, those insane asylums, Mm -hmm. was around the exact same time that they they started refining our breads and taking out all the minerals and nutrients out there. I thought it was kind of an interesting correlation. Now, again, I can't prove it, but I'm seeing it in real life. I'm seeing people that are you know doing the white flour and the sugar and things like that that they're having a much harder time on my protocols mm-hmm. than those who start cutting it out so yeah it's um it's interesting and and uh, again is it is it conspiratorial it could be but is it just good business not good but business? business yeah not all business is bad i think there's way more good businesses than there are bad but there are some out there that are not out there for our good and you know, how can I go my whole life without medication? And I'm not anti-medication. Like If I needed it, I would do it. But me and my whole family and many other family members have gone their whole lives without having to be medicated. Uh, it's possible. It's scary for some people at first to go through their first flu without taking a shot or doing something like that. But somehow we're all living and we're healthier than everyone else and we're getting sick less than everyone else. So there's there's got to be something to that.
0: Yeah, that is so awesome, and um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I want to um, give you a chance to say your closing thoughts, and before I do that, I wanted to to, to talk to my listeners and give advice for someone who is not quite at the suicide point, but they are at the end of their rope. Mm-hmm. They haven't made good decisions to this point, but they feel like they want to give up. They feel like all of the things that we're trying to tell them is going to be too, too hard and it's going to be, uh, it was going to take a lot of effort. So what would you tell someone who could be close to the position your brother was in? What could you tell them now that can give them hope to stay in this world?
1: Thank you for the opportunity to share something like that, because that's that's very, um, well, I hope I don't get too emotional as I think about it, because that's that's like telling my brother before he passes away what he could have done, and, uh, and, and I didn't do a good job of it back then. I tried to give him compliments, which didn't help, because it made him feel worse, because I'm thinking how awesome he is, and he thinks how horrible he is, and the gap between the two was massive in his eyes, and so compliments didn't work. Um, you know, really, I didn't have the answers I have today. and so you know back then the the old Clifton didn't know what to do and today, I don't know that I still know what to do other than I, there's two words that came to my mind to answer your question: identity and purpose. If you know who you really are, especially in relationship with your heavenly Father, That will give you more confidence and more joy than anything else. Um, There's a scripture that says, Let virtue garnish your thoughts unceasingly, that your confidence may wax strong in the presence of God. So virtue, meaning we need to get rid of the crap, get rid of the (laughs) garbage, Mm -hmm. stop flipping our phones. I mean, whatever the Spirit's telling them. Maybe it's Instagram for one person, and another person it's video games, and another person it's... You know, ignoring your family. I don't know what that is, but get rid of that garbage and have virtue replace it in our minds and our hearts. And that'll help us have confidence and understand our relationship with God. And the second one is purpose. Find something that you are really excited about. I mean, really excited about. Like what you're doing. You're you're excited about the podcast. You're making it happen. You probably can't wait to get off of work to get to another podcast. or I, I don't know, but like... <laughs> It, find that purpose because when you have that purpose, you'll do anything for it. I think about a little kid that's like in the kitchen and they know there's cookies up on top. Well, are they going to just go, oh, no, there's cookies up there. I can't get it. No, they get a chair. They push it over. They get blocks and they put it on top of there <laughs> and they get a skateboard on top of that. And they almost kill themselves mm-hmm. trying to get the cookie because their purpose was to get the cookie. So what is your what's your cookie? So. find out who you really are, identity, and then then get a purpose. And then you won't have to worry about the day-to-day challenges and trials. It won't be there anymore. Like what depression, what anxiety? I I don't have time for that. I don't have time because you're going and doing things and you're feeling inspired. So those are the two things that came to my mind when you asked that question.
0: Yeah, those are very good answers. And Coming from someone who has been close, like I was at my deepest, darkest depths. I was in the bathroom. I was just saying, I'm tired, but I don't want to die. Like I mm-hmm. was at the end of my rope. That's when COVID just started. And I just had a spiritual experience. Like I don't tell anybody, like most people about it, but I feel like my psychotic break was a breakthrough And it just opened my eyes to my purpose, like, to what I was here. It kind of quieted all the noise because I feel sometimes with the social media and sometimes with, like, where we are, like, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of people spewing out evil. And sometimes you have to go into yourself and realize that you're a miracle. Like, because Jesus, he did a whole bunch of miracles. He turned water into wine. He fed 5,000 with the fish and the bread. And, but you right now are a miracle. You, we look for miracle signs and wonders, but we forget that the process of conceiving is difficult and the process of having sperm go to the egg, like all of the the bio- biology behind it like you are a miracle and you are one in a billion your fingerprint is no is no it's not like anyone else's you are unique you are original and no one can copy you and that is what i say to someone who is almost at the brink of doing something that you can't take back because when you do that that is the final decision and mm-hmm. i know most people have different thoughts about the afterlife and all that stuff. I don't want to go into all of that, but the world that you're in now and this in this lifetime, I want you to stay here, and I'm sure Dr. Clifton, you want them to stay here as well. Amen.
1: Yeah, I believe everything you just said, and and I, I hear you talking about their purp or their th- who they really are. That's that's beautiful. You said it so well.
0: Thank you. So, how can our followers, viewers, and listeners? get in touch with you?
1: Well, if they're a practitioner and they want to figure out how to break free from the traditional practice, you can go to cliftonbrady.com. It's C-L-I-F-F, two Fs, cliftonbrady.com. Um, if they just want to chat or have a conversation, they can probably find me on LinkedIn, Dr. Clifton Brady, or or Facebook. is It's personal slash I guess business, but everything is the same for me. I mean, I share stuff on all of those. So that those are great ways to connect. If you know, Anne Marie personally, then, you know, you can get my personal number from her. So I'll I'll make sure you have that. But yeah, if there's, if there's, and there's no, no uh, fee for consultation or even helping people. I don't, it's all free. So whatever I can do to help you, it's a win for me.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much much dr clifton for taking the time to come join me on scrubs unzip podcast if you like this episode please comment and share and subscribe share it with your friends share it with your family share it with everyone and just be the light in the world be the light and no matter like um god might not be your thing or you believe in a different power whoever or whatever you believe in believe that there is something bigger than yourself and you have a purpose and that's what i want to leave you with today have a good one and stay well thank you thank you for joining us on this episode of
1: scrubs unzipped We hope you've been inspired by the incredible journeys and passions of our healthcare heroes. If you've enjoyed our show, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing it with your friends and colleagues. Your support means the world to us. Stay tuned for more enlightening conversations that go beyond the scrubs and help us improve healthcare for everyone. Until next time, keep unzipping the extraordinary stories around you.